Welcome back, friends, to another episode of the Nevermore Storytime. Today we have a fantastic collection of stories for your listening pleasure, but before we hop into that, I would like to hand it over to myself for a pre-recorded message. So, take it away, Raven. Hello and welcome back, my dear listeners. I hope you are all having a fantastic day. Today's collection video is a collection of five creepy encounters. These creepy encounters are encounters with real people, real everyday people that you run into on the streets, but these are the kinds of people that you don't want to run into on the streets, if that makes sense. That all said, if you like the video, please do consider giving it a thumbs up and subscribing to the channel for more content. That really helps the channel out, and I do appreciate it. So, sit back, relax, and enjoy five creepy encounters from Reddit. Enjoy. My family and I were driving from Ohio to Wyoming one holiday season to visit family about 10 years ago. Due to storms farther north, we traveled straight west instead of northwest at first and split the trip at Omaha, staying the night before heading up through Nebraska and into South Dakota. Once we were far enough north, we turned west onto I-90. At that point, it had been over an hour since we saw anywhere that might have had public restrooms, and we were on state routes, so no rest areas. Those of you who've traveled with a young kid know that's close to their bladder slash boredom's limit, and our daughter was begging to stop somewhere to pee. South Dakota was similarly deserted, or even worse, as we headed west. Finally, we reached a desperately needed rest stop, as my, at the time, five-year-old and I both needed to pee by then. Just as we pulled in, the truck that had been following us for a while pulled in too. I didn't think too much of it at first, until I started to open my door. My head was turned to the right where the truck was parked a couple spots over. My eyes met the driver's, and I just shivered. He was a skinny white guy, straggly gray-brown beard, and dark eyes. I could see that he was wearing a dingy, dirty, blue plaid shirt. He got out of his 90s brown and cream truck and started rummaging in the bed. I told my husband that I didn't want to go into the rest stop alone because of the guy and the weird feeling I got from him. He thought I was being a little silly, but agreed to come in with us. At that point, the next stop was Wall, South Dakota, about 100 miles away according to the huge billboards we passed advertising it. He figured he'd better empty his bladder even though he didn't particularly feel the need. I grabbed our daughter, and we headed inside, followed by the guy who had finished rummaging at his truck but wasn't carrying anything when I glanced back. My daughter and I did our business in the women's restroom and headed back out to the lobby. As expected, my husband was already out there since he didn't have a small human to chaperone. The old guy was in the tiny lobby area. He was just standing there staring at my husband. My husband rushed us back out to the car, and as we were buckling in, he locked the doors. Then he told me that the guy hadn't even gone into the restroom and was just standing in the lobby the whole time. He agreed with me that we might have just had a close call, and he was glad it hadn't been just me and our daughter in there. However, that's not the end of the story. Remember how I mentioned Wall and that it was 100 miles away? Well, that was 100 miles of pretty empty landscape, but a decent number of turnoffs from the interstate. We didn't see the truck following us and thought the whole episode was behind us except when we stopped in Wall to grab lunch and some road snacks, plus look around at this homey but fun little tourist trap in the middle of nowhere, we saw the guy in the store not even 20 feet from us. Same face, beard, dirty plaid shirt. Thankfully, we'd already eaten, so since he was staring at us again, 
we quickly paid for our snacks and trinkets and got the hell out of there. Thankfully, we didn't see him again, but I was seriously creeped out until we reached our relatives in Wyoming safely, with no other sight of that truck. This was five to six years ago. After meeting with a couple friends who were stationed near my bar, my friend Robin and I decided to end girls' night early, 1am. I'm horrible with street names, so bear with me. We went to Rocket Bar, so you can know it was near there. We got in the car and started pulling out. We were driving a bit slow because we weren't too familiar with the area, so we didn't want to miss any turns. I had the window rolled down because when I drink, I get a bit flushed. The street we were on was a bit dead at the time, but we heard a yell and some loud crying. It was clearly a lady's voice, so we slowed down to see what was going on. Robin was driving and I was in the passenger seat. On our right, we saw this lady stumble out of the street holding her chest and crying. Robin locked the doors and cautiously rolled my window up, leaving only an inch open. Thank God. This lady came right up to my window and said, I need help. I asked, what's wrong, honey? And she kept repeating, I need help, over and over and over again. Me being a naive idiot, put my hand on the door like I'm about to open it, only to be grabbed by Robin whispering, do not open that door. The lady who has been mumbling, I need help repeatedly like she was slurring, saw Robin stop me, and her eyes open wide as hell, and she starts yelling, I need help! We jumped and said, okay, how can we help you? She shoved her finger in the cracked part of the window and screamed, let me in! We started yelling, stop that, and the lady started yanking at my door handle. Robin said, hell no, and then we started pulling away. I kid you not, the next 30 seconds were entirely terrifying. This lady yelled at someone, they're leaving, and then we saw two guys run out from a car parked a few cars behind us on the right. Robin sped away like a scene in an action movie. We looked in the rearview mirror and saw the three of them standing in the street. So, ladies and gentlemen, please be careful. I can't imagine what could have happened to my dumbass if it weren't for my friend. I know it's in some of us to want to help, but there are a lot of evil people out there who disguise themselves to do us harm. Be aware of your surroundings and lock your doors in DC. I was driving late at night on I-90 between Deer Lodge and Missoula, Montana. I'm originally from Seattle. I was driving back to Seattle after visiting family in Bozeman and Billings. The stretch of freeway between Deer Lodge and Missoula has some weird small mountain towns along the side, occasionally interrupted by large truck stops. Anyway, it's about 11.30 at night, and I'm on my way to my hotel in Missoula when I notice that I need to get some gas for my car. I stop off in this random small town with one gas station with a 24-hour pump. It had a convenience store attached to it, but it was closed. I get this really weird vibe from the station as soon as I pulled up to the pump. I hadn't turned my car off yet, I had just put it in park and the engine was still running. I was about to shut off my car when out of the corner of my eye, I see some dark figure come from the side of a closed convenience store and start running toward my car. Some instinct in my head kicks in, I put my car back into drive, and I got the hell out of there. I look back in my rearview mirror to see the figure chasing my car for a few seconds. By that time, I make the turn that gets me back onto the freeway. I found a brightly lit truck stop about 10 miles down the road where I filled up my car. Needless to say, that weirded me the hell out for the rest of my drive to Missoula and Seattle. I've heard it before, and I experienced it that night. Strange things happen in the mountains. As an edit, Thank you for all your comments below, some clarification on some things to the story. It happened in 2009, 
So while smartphones did exist, they weren't as prevalent or as good as they are today. Even with my flip phone I had at the time, I was getting next to no signal on it. I simply chose the first place that said it had a 24-hour gas pump. Secondly, the events at the gas station happened in a span of about 10 to 15 seconds. Yes, it happened that quick. Arrive, park, go to turn off car, see dark figure run toward my car, put the car back into drive, burn rubber out of there. See dark figure chasing my car, tear ass up the on-ramp back onto the freeway. So about as fast as you could read those sentences. So about as fast as you could read those sentences, that's how fast it happened. Finally, someone mentioned the story of the Wendigo. I've heard about those stories before, but I wasn't up isolated in the mountains. This was less than a 30 second drive from the freeway. One thing that I do know about the area of Montana is that it had a bad meth problem, and it still does as far as I know. I think the dark figure was likely a desperate meth head looking to rob someone. But after you've been driving for hundreds of miles, your brain will go to some weird spaces given some time. I'll never really know who or what that figure was, and I don't think I ever want to. So this happened to me a couple of years ago, when my now husband and I were living in a townhouse in a decent area. My husband was working third shift as a corrections officer at our local corrections facility, and I was working as a waitress slash bartender. It was an unusually warm night for mid-March, so I took advantage and decided to take my husband's 80-pound Alaskan Malamute, Siberian Husky mixed dog, on a quick walk around the neighborhood near our complex. We got to the end of the street that leads into the complex we live on, and across the street is a Marathon gas station. I notice as the dog, Luke, stops to relieve himself that there is a guy across the street at the gas station with a case of beer in his hands. I have my phone out texting a friend and looked back up to notice the guy was near the stop sign, also relieving himself on the sign. I felt really awkward and instantly put my phone away and led Luke down the street on our path. At this point, I think the guy noticed us and he crossed the street to where Luke and I had just been. I hear him walking a few feet behind me and just keep my head down staring at my phone with Luke glued to my hip. After about 10 seconds, I hear this guy's steps getting closer. Luke realizes there is someone behind us, and he stops in his tracks. Mind you, he is a big dog compared to my 5'2 self, but I can handle him pretty easily, and he is very well trained by my husband. But I noticed his ears were perked up and his tail was straight up. I was glad that he was aware of our surroundings, but I still wanted to keep moving and away from this guy. I don't know, I just got a weird feeling. This guy finally catches up, so I tighten my grip on Luke's leash and pull him closer to me, and step into the grass to allow this guy to pass us and keep Luke out of his way. Does this guy keep going and pass? Nope. When I thought he was about to pass us, I stuttered out a small apology because Luke was pulling on his leash a little to investigate this guy, and most people did get intimidated by him just by his size. He is massive for a dog in my opinion. The guy stops and just stares at me for a minute, long enough for me to smell the cigarettes and booze rolling off of him and to notice he is probably in his mid to late 20s. Dark hair, scruffy looking, and just dirty. He smiles and then finally seems to notice Luke trying to get at him, and asks, Oh, cute dog, what's his name? Instead of making up a name, I said, Luke. He then proceeds to ask me if he can pet my dog, and before I can even give him an answer, he leans down and starts petting Luke's head. Luke did not like that. Luke jumped to hit him as a warning, and the guy backed up chuckling. I apologized and mentioned that he was very protective, and made up a lie that he was trained as my dad's former canine unit. 
My dad is a software developer. Instantly, I saw this guy's face change. I don't know what to call it, but he looked a little put off by it. He asked me what my name was, and I gave him a fake name. He then asked if I lived around here, and I said I was just visiting a friend of mine for the weekend. He then made a sudden step toward me, and I'm not lying when I say I have never heard my husband's dog growl in five years that I have been with him, but that sound came from my dog sounded like something from a nightmare. Luke's hair was spiking on his spine, and he was throwing himself back up on his hind legs and kicking his front legs at this guy. He had put himself completely between myself and the guy and was snapping at him. This freaked the dude out so much that he stumbled backwards, nearly dropping his beer. He quickly said, well, have a nice night, cutie, which, ew, and stumbled off down the road. When I say my heart was pounding, it was deafening. I grabbed Luke's leash so hard and sprinted between the buildings until I got back to my townhouse and locked all the doors and collapsed by the front door. Luke was in my face the whole time, kissing me and whining. This dog is the sweetest and most gentle creature I have ever met, and hearing him growl and seeing him react the way he did made me realize that I needed to get out of that situation, and fast. So two things I learned that night. Do not go out at night alone, even with my dog, because if someone wanted to get to me, they would take my dog out without a care. And two, always listen and read your dog. If they think something is up, then trust their instinct over your own. I know this is going to sound like BS, but this story actually happened to my cousin and I in the summer of 2018. My cousin and I live pretty close to each other in the suburbs of Detroit. We both love photography and taking long drives listening to music, so that's exactly what we did on this particular day. We drove about an hour north to a small town and found an abandoned barn that was also for sale. At the time, we didn't spot any trespassing signs, so we decided to be adventurous and go check it out. <laughs> Big mistake. The barn was in semi-decent condition, although the paint had begun to peel off. Structurally, it was pretty sound though, so I didn't feel uneasy about going in. I'm an avid urban explorer in Detroit, and had been in far worse buildings. Once we got inside, we somehow ended up in the basement of this barn. I immediately was getting some weird vibes. There were little girls' clothes, toys, and furniture littered through the basement of this barn. I thought it was creepy as hell, and so did my cousin. Before I continue, behind the barn was a pretty decent-sized cornfield. This cornfield backed up right to the barn, so we decided to be artsy and take a few pics of the corn stalks. I snap a few shots of my cousin, and we decide it's time to head back to the car. Walking through the first row of corn on my way back to my cousin's car, I see a vertebra in the dirt. At this point, I stop dead in my tracks in disbelief. Like, is this actually what I think it is? Or is this an animal bone of some kind? I start looking around, and crap, there were several more. They were too big to be deer. I yelled for my cousin, who was almost back to the car, to have her take a look. We both start really examining the ground, and we keep finding more and more bones. Now, for the record, I've taken a cadaver lab and human anatomy in college, so I'm very familiar with the human body. We found a fibula and a fully intact femur. That's when I started to really freak out. We decided to call the cops because we knew this was serious. We waited in the car for a good 15 minutes, totally freaking out until the cops arrived. Once the cops came, there were two, we all started looking through the corn and nearby trash pile. The cops, I don't think, believed us, and I distinctly remember them saying they thought it was a deer carcass. That was until I found a full freaking ribcage in the trash pile, and they changed their tune real quick. 
The cops told us that they would need us to leave, and they were calling a full forensics team out to start collecting evidence. We left totally shaken up. On the way out, I did see a no trespassing sign, and I'm sure the cops did too, but if they didn't care, we didn't care. We gave the cops our information, but we never did hear anything from them. I also watched the news pretty close for the next few weeks, and I didn't see anything. This was one of the most creepy things I have ever experienced. So there you have it, my dear listeners. Those were five creepy encounters from Reddit, and that last one was especially creepy. The possibilities are obvious. I don't want to get into it any further. Just wanted to say that it's definitely creepy. If you enjoyed the video, please do consider hitting that thumbs up button. It lets me know that you like the video and it tells the system that you enjoyed it. Also, please consider hitting that subscribe button for more content like this and content that is vastly different. Lastly, if you feel so inclined, please leave me a comment. I would love to hear from you. I've noticed my comments I'm getting kind of scarce lately, so if you would, just leave a comment telling me how you're doing. I would appreciate that. Down in the description, you can find the links for all of these stories. They're all sourced down there as well as links to my Twitter, Facebook, and subreddit, as well as a webpage where you can submit your own story to me for my channel. I would love to read your stories, just send them my way. All that said, I hope you all have a fantastic day and a fantastic weekend. Uh, I love you all, stay safe out there, but until next time, sleep well.